Welcome to Right Spokane Perspective with your hosts, Mike Fagan and Tim Ben. We're opinion, fact, informative, and your alert system. Now let's get ready to rumble. Good day once again, ladies and gentlemen. Thanks for rejoining Mike and Tim on Running Into the Fire this Tuesday episode here on Right Spokane Perspective. I hope everybody out there is safe and sane. Now, Jeff is a youth pastor today in the same city where he once abused heroin. God transformed both his heart and his circumstances in a breathtaking way. I want to keep kids from making the same mistake and suffering the pain that I went through, Jeff said, and Jesus will help them. Over time, God set him free from the slavery of addiction and has given him a vital ministry in spite of his past. God has ways of bringing unexpected good out of situations where hope seems lost. Joseph was sold into slavery in Egypt and falsely accused and sent to prison, where he was forgotten for years. But God restored him and placed him in a position of authority directly under Pharaoh where he was able to save many lives, including the lives of his brothers who abandoned him. There in Egypt, Joseph married and had children. He named the second Ephraim, drawn from the Hebrew term for twice fruitful, and gave this reason. It is because God has made me fruitful in the land of my suffering. Jeff and Joseph's stories, while separated by three to 4,000 years, point to the same unchanging truth. Even the hardest places in our lives can become fertile ground for God to help and bless many. Our Savior's love and power never change, and He's always faithful to those who trust Him. You know the drill, folks. Father God, You are all-powerful, loving God. We praise You that nothing is too hard for You. Thank You for Your perfect faithfulness today and forever. In your son's Jesus name we pray. Amen. Amen. Now the inspiration there grabbed me a little bit, Mike, because we're going to talk a little bit today about what is being portrayed as unfertile ground. And, you know, talking about, you know, the United States government, you know, our just everything, the science, the science is no longer fruitful, right? Because the shots don't work. Oh, we're going to run out of water. We're going to run out of resources and humanity will end its existence once the temperature of the earth is a half a degree warmer. And so there's all of this fear mongering. (laughs) Well, fear mongering, but they're using science. They're using so many different angles, education everywhere and in the media to, to make us fearful of the future. But I think there's fertile ground ahead of us. Oh, absolutely. And as well, ladies and gentlemen, we are here to provide you with a little bit of that fertile ground we have got a young lady on the line with tim and i tonight she is an author as well as many other things and as a matter of fact why don't i just go ahead and dive on into an introduction for you her name is terry hasdorf she is a former congressional candidate and executive level leader with more than 20 years of experience in government and politics she began her career in what is now called the white house office of public engagement working with faith leaders from across the country Terry has served on Capitol Hill for six years before returning to her home state of Alabama to run for a seat in the U.S. House of Representatives. She has a bachelor's degree from Samford University, is a graduate of the senior executive program at Harvard University's John F. Kennedy School of Government, and is currently a member of the executive MBA program at Oxford University. And with all of that said, let's go ahead and roll out the red carpet and a huge Right Spokane perspective welcome to none other than Miss Terry Hasdorf. How are you doing tonight, ma'am? <laughs> I'm great, Mike. Thanks so much. Oh, you bet. Now, Terry, you know, I'm going to go ahead and unload on the listeners here real quick. We are going to be 
talking about a book that you just recently released here somewhere, somewhere around the beginning of September entitled Running into the Fire, Why More Christians Need to Be Involved in Politics. So go well, ahead and, and take and, off there, Terry. Yeah, Terry, you know, looking at your bio, you, you've been involved with Christians and politics, you know, even all the way up to the uh, presidential level. So tell us and our listeners a little bit about your history there with that engagement that you've had. Sure. Well, you know, I pretty much spent most of my career at the intersection of faith and politics. And it's really something that when I finished my congressional race, I took over a super PAC, the PAC that had been set up for my race. And then I ran that for a little while after the lawyers told me there'd been enough of a cooling off period. And I learned a lot through that process. You know, God just really put it on my heart after that was over to write this book, because I realized that there's just a lot of things that people don't understand about politics. The reason for the name is because I was talking with a friend of mine who had also run for Congress about the same time that I did. And I asked him, why do you believe Christians shy away from being involved in politics? And he said, because they're afraid of it. They think of it as being dirty and corrupt. And I said, you're absolutely right. He said, but what they really need to be doing is thinking of it more like people who are in law enforcement or people who are firefighters because they're trained to overcome their fears. And instead of running away from the burning building, they run right into it. Mm-hmm. And I thought, you know, that's it. We're supposed to, as Christians, walk in faith, not fear. Right. And politics is just like anything else. You learn by doing and you figure out what you can do safely. And if you get trained properly and you are called to do it, God equips you for it and can do do a lot of good with it. Something they should be afraid of. We're, we're not supposed to live as being of this world, but we're supposed to live in the world and sharing God's example, the moral values. I mean, the, you know, your experience in, in the universities, it sounds like you had a lot of intersection between religion and the constitution and our constitutional foundation on those judeo-christian values says that if our government isn't being judeo-christian valued we should definitely go back to that foundation so we have morals and and politics shouldn't be so dirty i look at politics today and it's amazing that no one is held accountable for lives that destroy lives there's it's so corrupt now that you don't you can't believe anything Well, and, you know, politics is like anything else. It's a numbers game, and it's based off of what is the majority. You know, when about 64% of Americans identify as Christians. Mm -hmm. And so that's really why the book is targeted towards the body of Christ, because if 64% are Christian, and yet about roughly half don't vote in most elections, 15 million Christians are not even registered to vote, and an even smaller percentage vote in primaries, which is where the rubber meets the road. That's really where you sift out a lot of times the good candidates from the mediocre or the bad. So those are critical. You know, it's a time where you start to understand why we're not really having the kind of leaders elected that we want to see in office. And yet if people would engage more, I think you would very quickly start to see a lot of things get better. Oh, you betcha. Well, you know, I've definitely heard through the last couple of election cycles here that, you know, regardless of who you end up picking, who you end up aligning yourself with, just know that God isn't more than likely going to give you the person that you like. He's going to give you the person that you deserve. 
as far as leadership is concerned. Well, and it seems to me too that, you know, there's a lot of, you know, even though there's some good candidates there, you know, they run a good campaign with talking points that you like, they don't end up governing that way because there isn't the public pressure from the Christian community. There isn't the public pressure from the parents. All the pressure is coming from lobbyists and activist groups and nonprofits that are funded by I would say non-Christian individuals and entities. Well, there's definitely a lot of that. And what I've tried to really convey in this book is the understanding that if we don't like what we see happening around us, it's our job to change it. You know, my friend Eamon Ross likes to say, if you want to see what politics looks like without Christians involved, just turn on your TV set. Mm -hmm. And that's what we see happening every day. And yet so often we just kind of shrug and go, oh, gosh, well, you know, what can what can you do about that? Or what can I as just one person do? And I'm here to say there's a lot that can be done. And I also want to give people hope. I want them to understand that, you know, all is not lost. There's a lot of things that are really good happening in government. There are godly people in government. I know a lot of them personally. They just need more support. They need more reinforcements and others like them to join forces with. Now, why do you think American Christians have historically been hesitant to participate in their government? Well, you know, I think it's either a lack of understanding or like I said before, you know, there's fear around it. But if you're called to the mountain of government, nobody should stand in your way of serving in that role. Because if we don't take that calling seriously and go into government when we're supposed to be the ones in that role, then that leaves a void that somebody else who may not have our values, may not be the kind of leader that we want in there, is probably going to uh, take that place. And so it really is a time where, you know, people need to obviously pray about that. And if they feel led to be involved, they should definitely do what they can to get trained and participate in that. But what I also like to encourage people to understand is, is you know, not everybody's called to serve in government. That's fine. If you don't feel like that's the, your calling, that's okay, but you don't get a pass. Everybody has to be involved. We still need to support those who are called, even if we're not personally feeling like we're supposed to be doing that directly because without that kind of support how can they be successful well and right now we're right in the middle of where christians can be supportive of you know choosing their leaders maybe they don't have a good candidate in some races to vote for but maybe they do have a good candidate in other races where at least they can help turn out the vote in their congregation and their family, their friends, the, the circles, maybe their career that they're in, they can get people to turn out and vote. Cause right now here in Washington, ballots are out all across the country. There are elections going on and that's one way that Christians can be supportive, put a sign up in their yard, hand out some flyers, that sort of thing. Is that what you're talking about? That is exactly what I'm talking about. You know, we have to not only vote at the ballot box, but you've got to vote with your time. You've got to vote with your wallet. You've got to vote with your influence. This is a time in our country when we have never been closer to the brink of socialism. Mm -hmm. And socialism at its core is about replacing God with government and freedom with tyranny. And it's a very scary time in some ways with, you know, some of the freedoms that we see being in jeopardy and our religious freedom could be in jeopardy if we're not careful. So it really is a time where if you're a person of faith, it's a it's a call to action to the body of Christ This is really what this book is about. But it's also an equipping tool and it's a reference guide. There's information in the back where, you know, you can go for places to plug in and find out more about how you can be really be effective. Oh, you bet. And can you give us a couple of examples about, you know, how individuals can go out there and get additional information on a specific race or a ballot measure or whatever the case may be? 
Sure. Well, what I really encourage people to do is first and foremost, get to know that candidate as much as you can. Go on their website, look at what they've been you know, putting out on social media. Go to the campaign office and get to know some of the people there at the campaign. Talk to them personally. If you don't have time to do that, then find somebody who is really politically astute, who has similar values to you and ask them, you know, why they're choosing that candidate over others. Obviously, you need to pray and do your own homework. But I know a lot of people are busy. They don't have time sometimes to dig in on a, on a deeper level. There's great organizations out there like Faith and Freedom Coalition puts together voter guides. I know that there's iVoter Guide. There's My Faith Votes, My Faith Wins. There's a lot of different organizations. Moms for America is phenomenal at training people and equipping them with information. So, you know, Leadership Institute is one that I direct people towards if they're interested in getting trained. But then if you're just looking for, like, who are good candidates and what are the organizations that can inform me more, those are the, some, of, some of the ones that I like, but there's there's several out there. Well, we're going to have to run off into the break here in a minute, but you know, this book that you have running into the fire, it makes me think, like you said, about the firefighter, not running away from the hazard, but going towards it to rescue, to stop the damage. But it also makes me think of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. (laughs) But, but, you know, and I, and I talked to Christians about politics and, you know, they, there's a lot that are convinced in that separation of government and religion and i you know i say i think you got to go back and look at the bible because the jesus i read about was all in the face of government and uh, encouraged us to be involved in government and there's a scripture i don't have it right in front of me but it talks about how the government will rest on his shoulders but we're gonna have to take a quick rest we're gonna take a break and we will be right back with author of running into the fire terry hasdorf we'll be right back you're looking at your ballot and realize you need more information about candidates and issues, there are two organizations that you can check out. The Citizens Alliance for Property Rights. Check them out at www.capr.us. And then, We Believe We Vote is also a great source from the Christian perspective on candidates and issues, so log on to www.webelievewevote.com. Again, that's www.capr.us and www.webelievewevote.com. And welcome back from the break, ladies and gentlemen. Thanks for joining Mike and Tim on Running Into the Fire, this Tuesday episode here on Right Spokane Perspective. And that's not the full title either, Mike. It's Running Into the Fire, Why More Christians Need to Be Involved in Politics. You bet. And it just so happens that we are right smack dab in the center of this thing called an election cycle ladies and gentlemen as a matter of fact in about a week or so your ballots are going to be due and i'll tell you something we definitely need to do something a little bit different than what we have been doing the last couple of election cycles because we've got to get the right people in the right positions well that's right because november we're talking about the first tuesday in november if you're a conservative if you're a christian they're not going to accept your ballot after Tuesday, the first Tuesday in November. If if you are not a Christian, if you believe in socialism and Marxism, you can vote till the following week. But you Christians <laughs> got to get those ballots in now. That's absolutely correct. We just so happen to have online with Tim and I tonight an author by the name of Terry Hasdorf, and she definitely has got this book out there. It was released, and I understand it hit Amazon's number one bestseller there for the first couple of weeks that it was out, and it was released right about the sixth of September, folks. Again, entitled Run into the fire why more christians need to be involved in politics 
And tell you what, Terry, the second half here, you know, one of the phenoms that we saw as a result of the 2020 lockdowns, all of that COVID nonsense that we had going on here across the nation and around the world is we saw first time candidates now vying for office. And it was very refreshing. I know that a lot of those folks did it with eyes wide open <laughs> and, you know, came up with some some real neat slogans, you know, one of which kind of sticks in my mind where they're saying uh, courage is contagious, for instance, as a campaign slogan from one of our local candidates here. But what advice would you offer to someone who's considering running for government office? Well, first and foremost, you know, I ask everybody to really think about who you're going to hire before you jump in, because that campaign staff is critical. Who you bring on board to, to work with you, you need to vet those kind of people out. You don't want to wait until you're in it. You need to have that team lined up ahead of time. But, you know, if you pray and you feel like God is calling you to run, the thing that I really also encourage people to do is just to understand that, it, you know, I knew when I ran, I didn't know if I was supposed to win. I just knew I was supposed to run. And because I ran, I was obedient. And so no matter what happened with the race, no matter what the outcome was, I won in other ways, you know. And because I ran, I learned a lot. And I'm now using that knowledge to help others. So I really encourage people to not think of it just in the in the sense of you know getting elected or not sometimes you have to get out there more than once and have name id built up and learn the ropes well learning the ropes and and it gives you a stage as well i you know i'm thinking you know we're in the middle of football season and and of course every season there's a sport but if a team went out there knowing that their chances of winning wasn't good so they just didn't show up there'd be no sport and so you have to do it exactly. somewhat for the love of the sport, but also it's kind of interesting as well that, you know, we, we give our efforts, our monies, volunteerism to organizations. Often we call them churches and they have a platform where they can teach, they can inform people about the things in our culture, the things in our lives, the things that are biblical, non-biblical. And you can do that as a candidate. You get a platform for a small amount of money. I know in Washington state, we have, we've had a guy run for governor, I don't know, like 10 times. And I think he's got a moving service and it's basically cheap advertising for him because his name's on the ballot all across the state. And it only costs him, you know, less than two grand. And he's got a mailers going out to people in the form of a ballot during the primary election. Was it Bill the Mover? Was no, it's Mike the Mover. Mike the Mover. Oh, and you know and that. Terry, yeah. I'm sure that you probably got a Mike the Mover kind of guy over in your neck of the woods too <laughs> the perennial the perennial candidate that's out there you know for the sales and marketing angle well you know the thing that you have to really do when you are looking at who the candidates are is you've really got to dig in and get to know them because if you just if you just do it on based off of what's on paper a lot of times they all look alike or it's really hard to sort out who's in it for just themselves Right. Or who's really in it because they're going to have a heart for the people. And so, you know, you put your, you, you nailed it with that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, I'll tell you, so. you know, when it, when it does come to, you know, reviewing candidates, looking at the backgrounds and things to that effect, you know, I've always kind of operated the rule of thumb. I mean, if I'm faced with a choice of voting for or identifying the lesser of two evils, the lesser of two evils better be one that I would have a better chance and opportunity to sway 
with some of my biblical beliefs and things to that. Or, then, or, or just the fact that things should pencil out at the end of the day. Government shouldn't just raise taxes and not know where the money went. I mean, <laughs> there you go. There, there's that too. But, and you're totally right, Terry, because you know you, you see these pamphlets. We interview on this show a lot of candidates. And by the way, folks, if you know people that haven't turned out to vote and they don't trust the little flyer they got in the mail, the little hate mail from the opposing candidate or whatever – Go grab our podcast because that's important because, yeah, you can say anything you want in three bullet points and sound good, but who knows what you're actually representing when you get into office. But, you know, getting back to the lesser of two evils, you know, we saw this last time around a lot of folks nationwide, you know, there were some big ones where they ran for school board because they said, you're not doing this to our children. This is immoral. This is wrong. And you had first-time candidates never involved in politics that replaced, you know, legacy holders, basically, for either teachers' unions or local, you know, government contractors that built schools, things like that. So the lesser of two evils, that's a conversation I've had with people because they said, I'm tired of voting for the lesser of two evils. And I said, well, if Jesus Christ isn't on the ballot, you're going to vote for the lesser of two evils because every man, every woman has a little evil in him. No one's perfect. So what are your thoughts on the lesser of two evils thing? I agree with you completely. You know, we are in a, a country where we have typically, you know, two candidates typically to pick from. And when people say, oh, I'm just not going to vote or I, I'm going to, you know, vote for somebody who is, is really not a viable candidate, you're almost throwing your, your vote away. And that is not the right answer. You, you have to really pray and figure out, OK, who is going to be more in line with my values than less and you're never going to probably get everything that you want but if you can at least try and select candidates that are closer to that than others that's what that's what you need to do but you know first and foremost that's why in the book i talk a lot about how politics is a numbers game so if we don't like the selections that are on the ballot it's up to us to get better people to run next time yes don't just throw your hands up and go i don't like this i'm not going to play the game no you need more players in the game that's why you're not happy with the results oh you bet that's absolutely correct well terry you know it sounds to me just based on the the short discussion that we've had up to this particular point is not only is running into the fire why more christians need to be involved in politics is kind of a beginner's guide if you will and it it promotes and encourages people to seriously consider running for office but you know there one aspect of that book identifying those faith-based organizations that conduct surveys and provide ratings maybe endorsements i don't know of a whole lot of nonprofits that do endorsements but a lot of the nonprofits that we've got here in the spokane cordelaine area here are having a hard time getting their candidate surveys and ratings into other churches and just for so, those that are still looking at their ballots it's a we believe we vote and citizens alliance for property rights absolutely and then of course you got the i vote we have access to that over here also but what would you say to those kinds of organizations that have been trying for uh, the last decade to f find churches that would be willing to provide this with their to their congregation Sure. Well, there's an entire chapter in the book that is dedicated specifically towards equipping churches, pastors, people in, in you know the nonprofit world with understanding what you can and cannot do based off the IRS guidelines. And I think there's a lot of misinterpretation and a lot of fear around this issue. And, you know, what I'm trying to help people understand is, look, you don't need to be afraid. You just need to be well informed and equipped. And there's organizations out there like 
Kelly Shackelford has an amazing organization that used a lot of his material. He's an attorney who has researched this out thoroughly. You know, if, if you are following the guidelines, there's no reason to be fearful about it. And there's a lot of things that people can do that they probably just aren't doing because they're just not, they're not informed. Right. So it's really important to do your homework on it. Is it kind of a lost cause to make an approach to church that you would recognize as being a woke church nowadays? Well, you know, I think it's up to the people in that congregation to determine what they, you know, care about. And if the church is not giving you the support that you need for that kind of thing, then, you know. You yeah, it might be time to start shopping for a different church, that's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> well, and, and uh, the lost cause idea, too, I want to ask you a question about that before we run out of time. Because, you know, a lot of people live in places where they say, oh, the district is a lost cause. It's Democrat plus 12 or 13. And, you know, you just you'll never win as a Republican. And what I've noticed in different places around the country and even here in our city, in the district, Mike was a city councilman, that we now... Yeah, have, we ended up breaking the ceiling, man. Yeah, basically, <laughs> Mike and I campaigned in that district for a decade or so, or more, actually, 12 years. And now it's conservative-leaning district that was a known, solid Democrat council district. And it's like thinking that somebody's going to show up at your church and the first time, oh man, they're on fire for God. They just accepted Christ. They're going on missions. They're going to be a pastor next week. It just doesn't work that way. You got to work on these districts just like you got to work on the spirit. Right. You are spot on. We are called to be salt and light. And, you know, if we don't get out there and just start doing the work, we can't complain about the results. Yeah, that is for sure. (laughs) You're never going to put out the fire if you don't run into it with water. And we've definitely been known to say that. If you didn't vote, you can't complain. (laughs) Yes. No, if you didn't vote, don't complain to me. But, you know, so running into the fire, I want to talk a little bit more about the book because it sounds like you're equipping people to be able to run for office, support people running for office. Tell us a little bit more. I know Mike's got another question for you, but tell us a little bit more about this book. Well, I'll tell you, you know, I went to Russia on an exchange program when I was in high school. I was selected as one of 40 student leaders from across the state of Alabama. And I went there, you know, (laughs) having come from the United States, I thought I'd seen poverty. I thought I'd seen some things that, you know, would equip me for what I experienced there. It was absolutely one of the most disturbing things that I've ever seen in my life. Uh Communism, I've seen firsthand what communism and socialism does to people. And the hopelessness and the lack and the oppression. People didn't smile. I mean, it was was horrible. And I came back from that experience and literally, when my plane touched down at John F. Kennedy Airport after three weeks in a communist country, I got down on my hands and knees and kissed the ground. I was so grateful to be an American. Mm -hmm. And I've traveled all over the world. I've been to 78 countries. I've seen other countries where this kind of thing happens. And I think we just take it so for granted here in America. We don't realize how incredibly precious and valuable it is that we have the ability to get involved and make a difference in our government. That's what really led me to get involved as a young high schooler who then went on to intern in college and and then work in Washington was just how inspiring it is and how rare what we have is. Yeah. So, you know, I just want to encourage people to really not take that for granted. We really don't realize how precious what we have is. 
you bet. That is for but it, sure. But it's slipping away. So people have got to get out there and vote. Get everyone you know to vote because we're in the middle of an election. And don't be blindsided next election. I think it'll be a great opportunity once again to get new people engaged because we're seeing not just a wave that they're talking about. We're seeing it's not a red wave. It's a wave of Americans saying we're done sinking in this ship and the wave is bringing us back to shore. So you've got to be prepared by getting that book running into the fire why Christians need to be more involved in politics. You bet. And with that said, we definitely want to extend a huge Right Spokane perspective. Thank you to Miss Terry Hastorf, once again, author of Running Into the Fire, Why More Christians Need to Be Involved in Politics. Definitely available on Amazon. And where else can you get that book at, Terry? It's Barnes & Noble, Books A Million, Target. I know it's in a lot of the Charisma House has it on their website. So you can you can find it there. You can also go to my website, godovergovernment.com, and you can find it there. Again, God, godovergovernment.com. You bet. That's Once right. again, I had to sum the book up three words, that would be it. <laughs> all righty. Well, once again, Terry, thank you so very much for your time here with Mike, Tim, and the listeners of the Right Spokane Perspective. And as well, ladies and gentlemen, once again, running into the fire, why more Christians need to be involved in politics. You definitely need to search that book out and go grab yourself a copy. At godovergovernment.com. Godovergovernment.com. You betcha, man. All of that being said, Mike and Tim are out of here today. We'll be back at you and in your face again tomorrow. Bye-bye.